The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. And today we're going to talk about something that, you know, a lot of our listeners who've been coming to Door County for a long time or who are, grew up here might remember that we once had ski hills in the community. And uh, it's been a long time. It almost seems impossible today, but it's been a while since we had one operating. But there's some hope on the horizon. There are some folks down in the, the Sturgeon Bay area hoping to revive a, a long lost ski hill at Pottawatomie State Park. And joining me to talk about that today is one of the people trying to get something going there, and that's Dana Wangren. So, Dana, thanks for joining me on the podcast and talk a little bit about this. Yeah, my pleasure. First off, tell me, like, what what made you interested in this? What made you go like, oh, let's let's start investigating what's possible here? Well, a couple things. First of all, I'm an educator. I taught 15 years in a high school and 25 years in a college. And I look at a ski hill, and when my kids grew up, I surely enjoyed having them out at the ski hill because I knew they were under some supervision and they were doing some physical activity outside. And when I see today's kids, I'm like, you know, how much activity can they, well, they can, you know, cross-country ski, ice skate. I mean, there's all kinds of winter activities they can do. But downhill skiing is one that they're very limited to. And I recently was in the UP and I skied up there and it is very expensive Hmm. uh, to the point where your average family can't go skiing for the day because of the cost of the ticket and the travel and the lodging and the whole nine yards. So my friend John Yount and I, who are both very avid skiers, we've been involved with skiing for a long time, thought about that ski hill one about three months ago. We said, why is that ski hill not running? And we started researching it and found out that there was an individual that tried to get the hill open again about five years ago. And uh, we contacted him and we kind of all got together and brainstormed and said, let's do this. And who is that gentleman? Brian Madigan. Okay. He's a younger man. He's 40 years old and he he couldn't keep it going because he's got a full-time job Mm -hmm. and he got married and he has kids and all of a sudden it got to be overwhelming for him. Yeah. Now myself and John, we're both retired. So, and I don't even look at this as work. I I enjoy doing this kind of thing. (laughs) You know, it's, it's a challenge. There's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, but they're all out there. They, They just have to be fit together. And, uh, I'm very optimistic about the hill opening again. You know, a winter like this obviously is going to make people raise some questions. Uh, You know, when you don't have any snow all winter long. Right. How would you get this thing back going and how do you prevent this, you know, if it does get going from becoming like this, this, this boondoggle? (laughs) Right. Well, first of all, just like anything else, this winter is this bad, but who knows what next winter is going to be. And I compare it to fishing. Uh, You know, the fish are biting in Sawyer Harbor. Let's get out there. Let's go fishing tomorrow. And they don't bite tomorrow. So I'm saying I'm taking an optimistic viewpoint. If we got two bad winters in a row, which we've had, we're uh, we're due for a good winter. Um, (laughs) So that's, you know, that's my thoughts on it. And the other thought is, in order to run a ski hill in the Midwest, you need snowmaking equipment. And we will have to, in phase one, we have snowmaking equipment in that piece. And we'll, we'll have to make snow 
whenever we can to keep snow on that hill. The other point is it's not a private hill. So I'm, I'm not doing this and nobody that's involved with this is doing it to make money. We're doing it to give the community an opportunity to get out skiing. That's really our whole emphasis in the whole movement that we're doing. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about something like doing snowmaking and stuff, that sounds pretty complicated, but is that complicated? Like how, how costly can that be for that equipment and also to run that equipment to make snow? Well, I've been researching it and it will be part of our contingency plan that we have to present to the DNR and the, the equipment is not reasonable, um, but <laughs> but you can get fairly decent equipment for under $10,000. Oh. Um, yeah, and when I looked at the equipment and I talked to some of the people that are involved with them, it's, it's not rocket scientists to set it up and have it run. I mean, you know, the big problem there is you got to have temperatures below 30 degrees to make snow. And that, that's funny that you asked about training on it or being able to do uh, something with it, because at the last meeting, I had a young man that came up to me and said, I was the head snow groomer, snowmaker in Vail for the last three years, and I'd be more than happy to come out there and help you run your equipment. And hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that that's what's happening. We're getting people coming out of the woodwork that were involved with ski hills somewhere else and are more than willing to volunteer. So actually that, that cost of the snowmaking equipment is actually lower than I, I would have thought. So that's encouraging. And of course, if you have a great winter, you don't have to make as much, but I'm, I'm guessing you'll, you'll have to make a lot pretty often. Right, right. What about the, the direction that the hill would face? I know in, in Fish Creek with Norski Ridge back in the day, what I was told, and it, it hasn't run in my lifetime as a, as a ski hill there, and I'm, I'm 45 years old. I think it, it right. shut down pretty much right before that. But I was told that one of the problems there is it faces the wrong way. Is that the case with Potawatomi as well? Well, you know, it's funny because I've heard that more times than not. And I can point out several hills in the state of Wisconsin that face that direction. Hmm. Uh, Fox Hill is in Slingers, Little Switzerland in Slinger, Mount Lacrosse in, in Lacrosse. And, you know, that's not the ideal position. Ideal, you want it to be facing north, okay. um, kind of like some of the hills up in Michigan. But, you know, that does not make it an unreasonable hill just because it faces west. It just, the westerly sun tends to be a little stronger in the afternoon. So that just means you need a bigger base. And uh, like I said, I can... I can name you a half a dozen hills in the state of Wisconsin that are facing west, and they're and they're all running right now. Actually, hmm. you know, all the ones that I've mentioned are still they've got a you know eighteen inches of base because they blew snow when they had to. Excellent. Yeah, so I I don't I don't really give that a lot of credence. I really I, I look at that as an excuse more than a real reason not to run it. And then what about dealing with the state park? It sounds like they're for it. Obviously, you'd have some hurdles to jump through and some hoops to jump through or hurdles to jump over and hoops to jump through. Right. But it seems like they're amenable to it, at least from the get-go. Obviously, there used to be one there. Right. What's what's kind of the right. feedback from them? Well, you know, Brian did a lot of work behind the scenes five years ago that I, I've been able to uncover that really paved the way to open this hill. He had worked with the DNR and in 2018, they redid their local long range plan for the Potawatomi State Park. And in that 
plan, there's actually a section of it that deals with working with the local citizens to open the ski hill up again. So it's actually part of their long range plan to do this. So they're very receptive to us, you know, doing this. Now, they don't have it in their budget, nor are they going to put it in their budget to run a ski hill. This has to be an organization uh, from the citizens of Door County to do, not, you know, not getting any funding from the state of Wisconsin, but we'll be looking at getting funding from local sources rather than the state. So they've been very receptive. Every time I've contacted them, they have responded quickly and accurately. So I'm very pleased with that. Now, I've got a master's degree and I had to write a thesis to get that master's degree. And by the time I'm writing this, get done writing this feasibility study, it's going to be extensive as the thesis I wrote. (laughs) Well, I I don't blame them because they want to cover their bases. They don't want some fly-by-night organization that just, you know, tries to run it and then they walk away from it. And now they got all the pieces that they had when it was closed down. So they want a complete feasibility study that they can sit back on. And that'll include volunteers. I'm starting to put some forms together to get people to commit to times so that I can show them that we can have X amount of hours of volunteerism that they've already signed up for, Mm. you know, and, and so that is a process that has to mature and it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, we're, we're not going to get that done in two weeks. I'm, I'm optimistically looking at it by the end of summer, we should have that feasibility study okayed by the, the state and then we can start doing some fundraising activities and we can start cleaning up the hill and we can start being active on getting it ready. It seems like maybe this question is way too early to ask, but do you have any idea when you talk about fundraising, what it might cost to get this thing back up and going? You know, when I'm looking at all the numbers and, and in the first phase, we look at snowmaking, snow grooming, we're looking at a rope toe, we're looking at a yurt, and we're looking at some kind of restroom facilities. Uh, when you add all those numbers up, we're probably, and I'm, you know, I'm guessing here, but I, I'm thinking we're in the $70,000 range. So we're to do phase one, we're going to have to raise about $75,000 to get phase one up and running. That's actually way below what I would have expected. <laughs> well, you know, you got to remember, and I've been criticized for not pushing a chairlift. Everybody's like, oh, rope toe, rope toe. Well, I grew up on a rope toe, and anybody that was out there grew up on a rope toe. You know, the chairlift aspect, first of all, I skied a lot in Sunburst in West Bend, and they had an old chairlift. And you can buy old chairlifts pretty reasonably, but they break down. Mm-hmm. And when they break down, and, and, and if you're running a chairlift, you need two trained ski patrollers that have been trained in chair vac on the hill whenever you're running the chair. So that's not going to be easy to find two, you know, ski patrol people that would be willing to volunteer their time out there every time we got that lift open. So you're looking at a brand new one. Brian did go out and got a estimate on a brand new chairlift for that hill. And it was a million dollars. It was $1 million. So when anybody asked me, and I was asked at a meeting at the end of the meeting, last meeting, 
and I'm not going to say the guy's name, but he, you know, he was pretty vehement about having a chairlift. I said, well, when you donate that money, we'll be more than glad to put your name that this is the blank, blank honorary chairlift. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's, that, that is in the future. So when I gave you that number, that's bare bones. That's to get that hill to the point where we can put skiers on it and they can have a, you know, a viable experience in downhill skiing. Well, that'd be great. I mean, and we've talked a lot about the hurdles here and what are the things you got to jump through, but right. let's talk about what if you get this thing going? What does this look like and what does it provide and what is the end game? Okay. You know, it's interesting because as I told you, I'm retired. So when, when you talk about hurdles and work, I don't look at them as hurdles and work. I look at them as opportunities and fun. I really enjoy this. This is a passion of mine. And the end game is to have a place for young people to come. And I, I substitute at the high school. And last time I subbed, the students are like, hey, we saw you on TV. We heard your articles. And they're like, that's cool. You're you're trying to get that hill together for you so you can ski here. And I'm like, no, that's not my that's that's not my objective. My objective is to get the ski hill open so you guys can go out there and ski and you can have the fun of enjoying winters in Wisconsin. That that's my end game is to have an affordable place for people to learn how to ski and come and ski on a regular basis. The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Because right now, if you're, if you're a kid or an adult who wants to go ski, or if you're a parent who wants to introduce your kids to skiing, you're looking at, you know, I'm in Sister Bay. That's about an hour more than uh, Sturgeon Bay. But you're looking at a minimum of two-hour drive to three-hour drive to get to any of the decent oh, hills, yeah. right? Exactly. So, and it's going to be $100 a ticket. Yeah. You know, and, and we're looking at making this very affordable. And I'm just throwing this number out, but we've talked about having a lift ticket for 20 bucks. That you in maybe a season pass for two hundred, where you just pay twenty bucks and and you get to ski for, it's good. There'll be six hours. The the hill, right now in the preliminary, we're talking about having it open for about thirty six hours a week, one night a week and the weekend. Mm. So, you know, you'd have that opportunity to to go out there. So, yeah, you know, it, it is. It's. I think it's important for kids to have outdoor activities to get outside and. And this is just one of, you know, they can cross-country ski, they can uh, ice skate, they can do all those things. But, you know, and you talk to people in this community, they all talk about how they hung out there on the weekends. Mm -hmm. You know, when they were 17, 18 years old, they were at the ski hill just having fun with their friends. Yeah. I think that's the ultimate goal is to have a place that kids can go to and enjoy an outdoor activity. I do a lot of historical writing about the county and it's pretty interesting when you see the things that were done in sort of a bootstrap fashion sort of like this to build a ski jump in Ellison Bay and in Peninsula State Park and at uh, what was then the Lone Pine Ski Hill became North Ski Ridge you know you had a couple of ski hills like the one in Potawatomi and the one in Fish Creek 
you know, guys would do snowmobile races and things like that. And it's kind of amazing that they were able to do these things in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And they had these things and we don't have them now. It's kind of wild that like things have changed and and the things we don't have and the things we didn't hold on to. So it's pretty great to see somebody at least trying to take the steps to find out like, well, you know, because we just kind of assume once they're gone, we we just assume, oh, it must not have been viable. But a lot of times you talk to people and and they say, well, it probably could have been. It was just, you know, people didn't have a lot of money back then. And so if a guy right. fell behind, it's like, well, I can't repair the ski lift. I guess we're closing. You know, it's, it's right. It wasn't that it was impossible. Right. The guy that really organized a lot at Potawatomi was McMillan, who owned Max Sports Shop. And when he passed away, that's when things kind of fell apart because he was he was in charge of getting volunteers out there. He was in charge of making sure all the equipment was there and everything else. And when, like I say, when he passed, it kind of just fizzled because nobody picked up the ball and ran with it. When did it close at Potawatomi? 1998 is when it ran. When it, they ran it till 98. Mm. Now, I, I originally talked about phase one. We've got like three phases that we're looking at. In the future phases, we're talking about possibly putting another rope toe up and having a terrain park for the snowboarders. I don't want to get into a toboggan run. I really don't. I mean, that was big out there, but when I look at all the images from out there, that looked pretty dangerous to me. <laughs> um, and maybe a tubing hill, you know, that we can set up something that we could have a small tubing hill, have the people that are non-skiers still enjoy the hill, and just add on, add on, add on to it. <laughs> I have to say this, and, and I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny. When I looked in the paper, I saw Finn Kinteri's removing their the train depot that was on their land and their and I, I sent him an email and said, How about donating it to the state of Wisconsin and putting it on the bottom of Potawatomi Ski Hill? <laughs> I thought that would be I thought that'd be a great warming shack. What was their response? Uh, they did it. I, I I just did it. They just put this up last week, maybe I did it maybe yesterday. So they just put it on Facebook or they put it yeah, I think it was on Facebook. And I just I sent that memo to them, but I I don't know. I I think that's maybe pie in the sky stuff, but wouldn't that be cool hey. to have that old train depot at the base of that hill? That would be That'd be <laughs> they're, historic. They're due to make a contribution like that. That'd be great. Yeah. It would be cool to have something like that that had an adaptive reuse but still had some history to it. Right. Well, Dana, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, talking through this and, yep. and helping to rekindle this as well as Brian did a, a few years ago. And uh, right. I wish you luck. I mean, it would be, it would be great if, yeah. you know, as a, as a parent of a couple of young guys myself, if I could... Uh, introduce them to something like that without having to drive three hours and spend a ton of money. That'd be fantastic. Right. There's a lot of people that are on the, on board with it. Just like you say, and, and it's early on right now, we're early on in our stages, but uh, we're making small steps. And my goal is to be transparent with all the things that we're doing on that Hill. So you'll be informed. And we have that Facebook page, restore ski Potawatomi on Facebook. And we always put all the, um, meetings on there so you know when there's a meeting and of course our next meeting will be at the crest center in egg harbor and that will be a zoom meeting so if people don't want to drive up there they can actually tie in through a zoom meeting format and then the next meeting will be at southern door high school and that'll be in the end of april the last monday in april and i don't have the date in my head right now that'll be at 6 30 in the cafeteria at Southern Door High School. When is the uh, date and time of that one at the Crest? That is Tuesday, the 26th of March. And do you have a time yet for that one? Yeah, 6.30. 
630 okay. at night. And if you go to our website, there is a QR code to tie in with a Zoom meeting uh, format. So if you just want to listen along and hear what's going on. But, you know, we'll be talking about our feasibility study at the next two meetings. You'll be seeing it and we're not going to distribute it because it's still in a draft form, but we'll be presenting it. So you'll be able to hear what we're looking at. Some of the things I talked about today, right in this study. All right. Well, Dana, good luck. Yes. For those who want to get involved, that's uh, the next one is March 26th at the Crest Pavilion, 6.30 p.m. Go learn more. Maybe get involved yourself. Maybe throw some money in the pot and get us a ski hill going. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Well, let's hope Dana and his friends make some progress and, and maybe get that ski hill going again. I was excited to see some progress start on this because, like I said, when I was talking to Dana, there's all this stuff we used to do in Door County, kind of just bootstrapping it, not not going through all these feasibility studies or, you know, 65 committee meetings to try and get something going back in the day. You know, a guy would just build a ski hill and kids would have fun and learn how to ski. And literally that simply, I uh, in the winter edition of Door County Living Magazine that's out right now, there's an article in there that I wrote in which I discovered, for me, uh, a guy named Anton Martinson, who back in the 1930s, he was a Norwegian immigrant who found his way to Ellison Bay. And he grew up skiing and knew how to make skis, loved to ski jump. And he literally just built a ski jump up in Ellison Bay on the hill there. I think in my article, I, I listed it as on the Grandview side of the hill, but I have since been corrected. It was actually on the other side of the highway, the inland side. There's some great pictures of it. And the only reason I found out about it is because uh, Michelle Rasmussen from Destination Door County had dropped off a a big box of family photos that uh, she just thought I'd be interested in because I kind of geek out on this stuff. I started flipping through it and there's so many amazing old Door County photos in there. And one of them was the ski jump. And I thought, well, that doesn't look like Peninsula State Park, but I had never even heard of this other one in Ellison Bay. So it piqued my curiosity. I put it in the pulse. I wondered if anyone knew anything more about it. And of course, I get a call from Bill Birchinger because he knows everything. So he tells me about when he got to go up there and ski on it. And he told me the names of some other folks who went up and skied on it back then. And, and these guys would all, you know, unfortunately, most of them have passed, but the ones who are alive are in their 90s. And I was able to track a couple down and talk to them about that old ski jump. And, you know, Anton Martin's just a remarkable character and guy. When you dig into the Door County Advocate archives from the 1930s and 1940s, his name comes up a lot. And a lot of the kids who learned to ski learned from him. A lot of the kids who had skis, those skis were made by him by hand and pretty, pretty remarkable. And they would have massive skiing competition, ski jumping competitions that were front page news. It was a big deal. It drew thousands of people to Peninsula State Park and for these competitions. And then later they actually opened one on a place that was called Lone Pine Ski Hill. And that later became North Ski Ridge, which became the ski hill with the lift that Winky Larson ran for years. So a lot of history there. I encourage you to, to pick it up. It's the winter edition of Door County Living Magazine. It's on newsstands around the county right now. And it's a quick read, but a fascinating one. And it's, it's guys like that, hopefully we're rekindling that spirit a little bit and maybe we can get that off the ground at Potawatomi State Park down in Sturgeon Bay and get a new ski hill of our own. 
like to thank you again for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Thank you to Dana Wangren for joining me on the podcast and filling us in on what's going down at the ski hill. And we look forward to talking to you again really soon next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. This podcast is produced by Miles Danhausen Jr. and edited by Rachel Lucas. If you want to help us continue to create more great episodes just like this one, visit our website at doorcountypulse.com.